Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, March 11th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we've got some great news to talk about. The lockout is over. The Players Union and the owners coming to an agreement on a new CBA on Thursday afternoon. And on today's episode, we'll talk about what the key points of that new CBA are. We'll talk about how some of these things in the new agreement are impacting the Orioles. And then we'll talk about what the O's need to do moving forward. Now that the lockout is lifted and free agency and trades are open once again. So that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've got great news to talk about today. But first, I just wanted to thank you guys, the listeners, for sticking with us throughout this entire lockout, continuing to grow the listenership of Locked On Orioles. And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen every day because the podcast is free and available on every podcast listening platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it may be. But also, as you can see right here, we're now on YouTube. And if you like watching pods, watching anything on YouTube, or just in general, please subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel. If you're watching right now, hit that red subscribe button right down there. It really, really helps us a lot if you can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Also, following, subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen as well in audio form. Again, we're going to have YouTube pods out for a good amount of our podcast throughout March. And then once we hit April and get to the season, every podcast will be available both through audio and on YouTube as well. But again, we thank you for making it Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we're talking CBA negotiations. Well, no longer negotiations, a CBA agreement. The union, the owners, they came together, they got it done on Thursday afternoon. And we wanted to start with just three big things that you need to know about this new CBA, kind of breaking it down, easily digestible, the three big things you need to know about. And the number one thing is, let's start with the schedule. Because first and foremost, not just the schedule in the CBA, but the schedule for 2022 that they agreed upon as well. And the first thing we know, we are getting 162 games here in 2022. We're getting the full season. Now, it's going to be altered a little bit. We're not getting March 31st opening day. We're getting April 7th opening day. But the Orioles don't have a game that day, so the O's will open up April 8th in Tampa. The home opener will be April 8th. 11th. And then they're going to squeeze the schedule a little bit. They're going to add a couple of days onto the end uh, in September. And at the end of all that, we're going to get 162 games. Now this season, spring training wise, players could report today. Mandatory report date is Sunday. That's March 13th. Spring training games for the major league players will start March 17th. because That's all going to get started pretty quickly to try to ramp up for April 7th. And then we got a 12-team postseason as well in this new CBA. That'll be something that happens going forward. That means six teams in the NL, six teams in the AL. The way it'll work, top two records in terms of division winners in each league will get a bye. The other four teams will play each other in a best of three series. And then, of course, the winners of those series will move on to the division series to play the teams that got a bye. It'll be the usual best of five, best of seven in the championship series, and, of course, best of seven in the World Series as well. So that's kind of what the 2022 schedule 
is going to look like with the extra postseason team now in each league. We also got some changes starting in 2023, coming with who you're playing in the 162-game schedule. They're actually going to cut back on the amount of divisional games that each team plays. Now, this is big for the Orioles, because as we know, the O's currently playing the toughest division in baseball with four teams that really are World Series contenders right now, and the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Rays, and then there's the Orioles. So usually, you play each team in your division 19 times. You play every team in the American League, if you're the Orioles, once at home, once on the road. And then you also play a division in the NL that you're matched up with one series each. And then the Orioles also play at least two games or three games against the Nationals. That's how their schedule usually looks. The new schedule will be you'll play less than 19 games against every divisional opponent, and you'll get to play every team in Major League Baseball at least once, at least one series against all of the other 29 teams which uh, I think is pretty cool, to be honest. You'll get to see everybody each year. I think it helps to grow the game a lot better if every East Coast team can see every West Coast team at least once a year. And that leads me to the number two thing that is the big thing you need to know about the new CBA. That is the rule changes. And one of the rule changes made you know this whole playing everybody a lot easier. And that is we have the universal DH. This fantastic news. No more pitchers hitting. The DH is now in the National League, along with being in the American League. Just so much better. Why were pitchers hitting? Don't know why, but the DH, a great thing to have. But there's other rule changes, and we've talked about them. In 2023, they'll start to ban the shift. They'll have bigger bases. They'll also institute a pitch clock. That's all coming again next season. Won't be in place for this season. But for this season, there are some changes. and We're kind of going back to the original stuff we had. No more seven-inning doubleheaders. If there is a doubleheader, each game will be the full nine innings. And there's no more zombie runner, which means no more runner on second to start extra innings. Now, for me, I'm going to kind of miss that. I kind of like the seven-inning doubleheaders. It got the doubleheaders over quicker. It made each inning more important because the games were shorter. And I kind of like the zombie runner. It got the games over quicker. You know, none of these 18, 19-inning games that kill your bullpen for the next week. And what, what else it did is it created immediate action. You know, you get to the top of the 10th inning, boom, runner on second. There's already a guy in scoring position. Definitely sped things up and kind of like that. But I've been used to watching baseball most of my life without that rule. So I'll be okay now that we lose it. And then the third big thing you need to know is the money and what's going on there with the new CBA. Now, obviously, the big thing that was very contentious between the players and the owners was the competitive balance tax, which is essentially a number that was set that, if your payroll goes over that number for the season, you have to pay extra taxes on that number. Now, they got the number raised to $230 million for this year, and that number will continue to increase every year throughout the CBA. So that was a win for the players. But a win for the owners was they got another threshold of the taxes. So right now, if you go about $10 million over, you pay a certain amount of taxes. If you go $20 million over the competitive balance tax, you pay more. And $40 million over, you pay more. The owners got another threshold put in, which is if you go $60 million over, there's now even another tax that is put on top of that. And when you think about it, you know, you're thinking, why all these taxes? What does this mean? Well, essentially, from the owner's standpoint, the reason they put it in is to stop guys like Steve Cohen and the Mets from spending ridiculous amounts of money. Because once you blow through the tax thresholds, then you can just spend as much as you want. And other owners who don't like to spend are basically trying to stop spending. And they're basically calling it the Steve Cohen tax to put another number out there that you you know theoretically don't want to get past. And 
what this essentially has acted as, this competitive balance tax, is as a kind of soft salary cap for Major League Baseball, which has been known for not having a salary cap. And the players are trying to get that stopped. And they did some of what they wanted to do. Now, a big win for the players was upping the minimum salary, which has been up to $700,000 is what you make as soon as you get to the big leagues. And that number will continue to increase throughout the life of this CBA. That is big for rookie players, players before arbitration. Uh, big to see them get more money. That's a big piece of what the players wanted in this negotiation. And they also got a pre-arbitration bonus pool. They settled on $50 million to be spread out across the 30 teams in that bonus pool. And essentially what it does is if you are a pre-arbitration eligible player, first or second or potentially third year player in Major League Baseball, and you finish top five in awards voting, if you make the all MLB team, if you, you know, get votes on some of these awards from the writers, if you finish in a top, you know, certain number of players in war, you will get some extra money. It's bonuses anywhere from, you know, 250 to 500,000 to up to $2 million that a certain player could get that is not arbitration eligible to basically help them get paid what they're worth. You know, players like Wander Franco last year, players like Adley Rutschman this year, who are star rookies and star players, but aren't being paid like it because they're not in arbitration yet. This is really going to help them get closer to the amount of money they should be worth. So definitely that was a win for the players as well. But kind of that's the big stuff you need to know all encompassing from this CBA. But coming up, we also want to talk the specific things that are really going to impact the Orioles, especially with what they're doing right now. You know, they're trying to start winning games hopefully soon, but they are still in this rebuild. So we do have to talk about, you know, what, in this CBA is going to impact the Orioles right here, right now. But first, let's talk about something that could impact your life right here, right now. And that is Built Bar, because Built Bar can make your New Year's resolution a little bit easier if you're looking to just eat a little bit better, because Built Bars are delicious. You're not going to want to stop eating them. They're going to be your favorite snack because they taste so good. They have all these great flavors. Peanut butter brownie is my favorite. And they're always coming up with new flavors, it seems like. I mean, even this month, they've got a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. It's delicious. So you're eating these bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And you think, well, this is a candy bar. But then you realize, no, 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 these bars are good for you. Just, you know, 17 grams of protein in every bar. Just 130 calories, they are good for you. You'll feel good about eating them, and they taste delicious. So to get your hands on some of these bars, you can go to Built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we do want to talk about this CBA, not just how it impacts the whole league, but specifically the Orioles, because they're in an interesting spot here. They're not bottoming out in their rebuild anymore. They're starting to trend, you know, maybe a, a little bit upward, hopefully. Number one thing that could impact the Orioles, that will impact the Orioles. Now, this is not a CBA thing. This is a 2022 thing. They decided there will be no Rule 5 draft in 2022. Now, this impacts the Orioles, I think, kind of positively. Now, the one negative thing is the Orioles won't be able to find a player like a Tyler Wells, who they found in last year's Rule 5 draft, you know, a cheap option from the minors to essentially be their closer for a while. But what is good for the O's is there are two players who we thought, you know, that could really get picked in the Rule 5 draft that they did not protect back in the fall were outfielder Robert Newstrom and left-handed pitcher Nick Vespi. I think Vespi was a lock to be drafted in the Rule 5 draft. I think he was as good as gone. I think Newstrom was maybe 50-50, but he definitely could have been gone too. Now we look at it, 
They're both going to stick with the Orioles. They're both definitely going to start the year in AAA. And be honest with you, there's a good chance Nick Vespi now makes the Orioles opening day roster in a bullpen role because he's been so good, especially in the Arizona Fall League, and just another weapon that the Orioles get to keep in the system. Second big thing that impacts the Orioles, there's some changes coming to the draft. Now, the first thing is they have set the draft at 20 rounds. Remember, we had a 20-round draft last year. After the five-round draft in 2020, it was 40 rounds before that. It was 50 rounds even before that. I kind of like the 20-round draft. It's still long enough to get a lot of players you know, down the list drafted, but not so long that you know the last 10 or 15 rounds just become useless at times. I think I would like it to go to 30 rounds. I think that would be the number you could settle on. At the very least, maybe get to 25, but it's good that they didn't go lower than 20. They stuck at 20. Hopefully, maybe the next CBA, we can expand it again to get more players a chance to play professional baseball. But the big thing for the Orioles, they've instituted a draft lottery. Now, as far as we know right now, the draft lottery will not come into effect until 2023. So it will not impact this year's draft, which means the Orioles still will have the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. But... For 2023, they've instituted a six-team lottery, which means if you finish with the worst record this year, you're not guaranteed the first pick in 2023. The six worst teams will each essentially become lottery balls, and the worst record you have, the more better chance you have of getting the number one pick in the lottery, but it's not guaranteed. So if you finish in the bottom six, any of those teams could end up with the number one pick in 2023, and then, of course, Beyond. Now, it was put in as an anti-tanking measure. Will it stop tanking? I don't think so. A lot of owners just tank because they can lose games and still make revenue and still make a profit, and that's all they care about. It's not as much about getting the number one pick. It's honestly more about the draft pool for the entire draft than the actual number one pick. I don't think this will work as much as they think it will, but maybe it stops teams from losing right at the end of the year to really try and get the number one pick. I'm not really sure what this will do, but We'll have to see how it plays out. The last thing in terms of a draft is the international draft. Now, of course, that was a big hiccup in these negotiations over the last couple of days or so was reported. They didn't make a decision on the international draft yet. What they decided to do was to table discussions and put a deadline of July 25th on deciding on the international draft. Now, there's a whole lot going into the international draft. It will impact the Orioles because the Orioles are finally really getting into the international market. But on a future episode, I'm going to really break down what an international draft could look like, the pros and cons of it versus the current system. But obviously, that will impact the O's, uh, you know, whether or not that happens. Really, an international draft would have impacted Dan Duquette Orioles, who didn't get involved in it, but if they were almost kind of more forced to get involved with a draft. But now, not so much, but we'll see what happens. We'll get to that on a future episode. But the third big thing you need to know that impacts the Orioles from the CBA They really tried to get something in there that stops first-time manipulation. And this comes in with Adley Rutschman this year because we know Adley is ready to go. He was ready to go in the bigs by the end of last year. He should be the Orioles, in terms of talent, opening day catcher on the roster. But he may not be because the O's may hold him down in AAA for a couple weeks to accrue that extra year of service time at the end of his rookie contract. What the CBA has done is put in a little bit of incentive for players and a little bit of incentive for owners and for GMs to try and stop this a little bit. I'm not sure how good it's going to go, but on the player side, if a top prospect comes up and finishes top two in AL or NL rookie of the year voting, that player will get his full year of service time. So for example, if the Orioles hold Adley Rutschman down in AAA for those first you know, two or three weeks of the season to get that extra year of service time, and then they call him up. If 
Adley wins AL Rookie of the Year or finishes second in AL Rookie of the Year, he will get that year of service time back. So it basically says to the player, if you feel that your service time is being manipulated, you can basically play your way out of it by finishing top two in Rookie of the Year. And to be honest, John Means finished top three in Rookie of the Year a couple years ago, so Adley can definitely do it. So if the Orioles do hold him down, Adley can wipe off that final year by winning Rookie of the Year, which basically means the Orioles would not get that extra year. And the way it benefits the player is that that player gets to go to free agency one year earlier, and they can kind of earn that in this system. Now, on the front office side, the way they're trying to get them to stop holding prospects down is that if you put a top prospect on your opening day roster, and that top prospect comes in the top three of Rookie of the Year voting in either league, you will get draft pick compensation. So for example, if Michael Elias and the Orioles put Adley Rutschman on the opening day roster, they're obviously losing the chance to get that extra year of service time at the end if they do that. But if Adley then finishes first, second, or even third in AL Rookie of the Year voting, the Orioles won't get that extra year of service time, but they'll get some extra draft picks in future drafts. That's at least a plus, but at the end of the day, you're still kind of rewarding teams for doing what they should be doing without a reward. Now, could it make some teams put players on the opening day roster that they wouldn't already? Maybe. But at the end of the day, it's such almost backwards thinking to say, owners are doing stuff and mistreating players. Let's offer them draft picks to get them to just operate normally, basically. It's not like to get them to do something above and beyond. They're offering them draft picks to just operate like they should. And that's kind of tough. But hopefully, maybe it fixes the problem a little bit. We will have to see. But of course, you know, there is one more way to look at this whole CBA, and that's free agency is open, trades are open. So, what should the Orioles do? We'll talk about that. But now that free agency is open, you can go to betonline.net and you can take a look at odds on where those free agents might sign. But it's not just that, because guess what time it is? You look at the calendar. It's March. We're two days away from Selection Sunday. We're less than a week away from the men's and women's NCAA tournament starting. And college basketball, March Madness, finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And BetOnline also remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. But it's not just basketball as the madness of March hits us. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So last thing we want to get to here is it's fair game for the Orioles now. They can sign players. They can trade players. The year is open. A lot's going to happen. There's 200 free agents out there. You know, as I'm recording, kind of the first big one since the CBA was signed off the board, Carlos Rodon signed a deal with the San Francisco Giants. But guys are out there. Now, obviously, number one thing I think the Orioles should do is sign Carlos Correa. Despite that report that we talked about, I still don't know if it's going to happen. But here's three things they should do. Number one, you need to sign an infielder. If it's Carlos Correa, yes. If it's Chris Bryant, oh, yes. Do them both. I don't think it's going to be. So a mid-level infielder, a Jose Iglesias and Anderson Simmons type, kind of similar to Iglesias and, and Freddie Galvis that they brought in over the last couple of years. Just a veteran presence to shore up the infield on a one-year deal, you know, a, a cheaper major league deal. Bring them in. You need that infield defense. You need that presence in the lineup. You need to bring in some sort of infielder because the infield 
is looking rough right now. Number two, they need another starting pitcher. I was happy they brought in Jordan Lyles. At the very least, he's going to eat innings. They paid him $7 million more than any more money than any free agent that has uh, gotten money from Michael Elias so far. You need another guy like Jordan Lyles, better than Jordan Lyles. There's a lot of guys out there. Martin Perez would have been an okay option. He's off the board already. He just signed with the Texas Rangers. But someone like a Martin Perez. We've talked about a lot of different options. Even a Chris Archer guy who we know from the division, he's out there. But a starting pitcher, a mid-level veteran guy who can come in, he can help out your staff, he can throw innings, he can get guys out, he can be your number three guy behind John Means and Lyles and whoever steps up, Grayson Rodriguez and whichever of the younger guys step up. I know they have a lot of starting pitching options, but you need another veteran presence. It can't be a Felix Hernandez or a Wade LeBlanc or a Matt Harvey. He's to be a major league deal for real money. Bring him in, veteran, number three starter, just to get some more innings, get this team moving in the right direction. And the third and final thing they need to do, well, there's probably some other things you need to do, like maybe add a, a veteran reliever or you know get two starting pitchers. But here's the last thing they need to do. Put Adley on the opening day roster. Maybe in the end you'll get those draft picks I talked about, but that shouldn't matter. He's ready. He's a top prospect in baseball. He's going to be a franchise cornerstone. You should really be trying to get an extension done for Adley as well. But first things first, he's going to show he's the best catcher in camp. Jacob Nottingham can be his backup. Put him on the opening day roster. Get him out there catching John Means on April 8th in Tampa Bay. Show the fans you are ready to start playing watchable baseball. Don't manipulate the service time. Put Adley Rutschman, please, on the opening day roster. But that's it. That's the CBA. They signed it on Thursday, and we are... We're getting baseball back here. Again, opening day scheduled for April 8th for the Orioles. They will be in Tampa Bay, and uh, they will play 162 games this year, but very excited to see baseball coming back. And even before that, very excited to see players go to spring training. We'll have Major League Spring Training games. Hopefully, they're being broadcasted. We'll see if Masson actually goes down there and does that. But other great stuff. You know, even if the Orioles don't sign someone, and I hope they do, and I hope they bring in Correa, and I hope we have an emergency podcast because they do. But at the very least, sign some players, Orioles, and other teams are going to start a flurry of signings that are going to be crazy over the next week or two. There's 200 free agents out there who are major leaguers. It's going to be a wild ride of free agency, and we'll have all the updates as they pertain to the Orioles right back here on the Locked On Orioles podcast. And we'll be back here on Monday, back on the pod. If the O's sign anyone, we will be back Monday to talk about it. Either way, even if they don't, we'll break down the signings that are sure to happen over the weekend. We'll talk more about the CBA because the full CBA should be released by Monday. and We can take a look at some of the other intricacies. And then next week on the pod, we will also break down some more of the minor league signings that the Orioles have made. What we were supposed to do on today's episode, and then a CBA happened, and I was very happy to push those episodes to next week. Uh, the O signed three minor league three free agents a couple weeks ago. We'll talk about those guys next week on the pod. But again, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel here if you're liking it. Uh, like the video if you can. Leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing and uh, leave a comment about the O's. But make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube and subscribe as well on the audio platforms that you listen to. And uh, we thank you again for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Now it's time for your second listen. Maybe head over to Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. He's the host over there covering all things MLB and doing a great job of covering the lockout and now the new 
CBA. But again, back here, we'll be talking CBA, free agency, and spring training when we return on Monday. What a great day it's been in baseball. But again, we're back next week. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.